you know, when you see pictures of like newspaper clippings and yarn and pins pushed up on that's what your wall. brain's like that's, right that's now. where my brain is going you right have now serial killer brain I, I could go in very different directions <laughs> on this and that's not serial killer brain that's like that's what i associate it with you don't th- think of like detectives solving crimes no because they don't do that they go into the creepy house where the serial killers do that no but what if they're like people the bosses at the desk and like give me your badge give me your gun and then they have the stuff in their house up on the walls like a le- like a oh le- yeah but that's i mean that's still obsessive yeah anyway Welcome to He Read, She Read, the podcast where a couple of married bookworms discuss what they're reading and learning. Today we're sharing our book hauls from January, February, and March, otherwise known as the most exciting books we've purchased so far in 2019. I'm Curtis. And I'm Chelsea. On the topic of accumulating books, I'm going to answer a question we've received from a few listeners. So the question is, how do you get books from publishers? And this happens every now and again. So it's not like it's a top secret thing. (laughs) Um, You can find how-to articles via a quick Google search. So there isn't an Illuminati or (laughs) book publishing or a blood (laughs) pact. No, Um, it's not that special. (laughs) If you have a public platform like a public Instagram account or a blog or a podcast where you share book reviews, you're more likely to have a better chance of receiving um, advanced review or finished copies. Advanced review copies are also referred to as ARCs. Um, Teachers might also be more likely to receive those ARCs if the books are for their classroom and they're willing to post about whether or not their students loved the books. So if there's an upcoming release that we're excited about, we'll either email the publisher And we find an email by going to the publisher website and looking at their contact info for media inquiries or media. And then we email at that email address. um, Or we sometimes reach out to their publicity manager on social media. So sometimes this results in us getting a book. um, And sometimes we never hear back from them. So something to keep in mind is that you should only request books that you really are excited about and want to read and review. Usually that excitement comes across in your message to the publisher and then they get excited about sending a book to you. And receiving the free book is kind of like an informal contract. You're expected to read it and you're expected to share it with other people. So another option is NetGalley. If you use an e-reader, this is really great. You can sign up to receive and review free ebooks on their website, which we'll link in the show notes. And that has maybe a lower requirement as far as like having a public platform because you read and review the books on their site. You're not necessarily expected to go and post about it. So you can sign up for a free account at NetGalley. If you still have questions about how to receive ARCs, I know that that's just the quick answer. It's not super thorough. There are more thorough articles on the internet. Just do some searching, try it out, and you'll learn along the way. Um, nobody told me how to do this. <laughs> I just went and emailed a publisher one day and slowly but surely picked up some tips and tricks and um, figured out how to get a free book here and there in order to review it for the podcast or for my personal bookstagram. So... I hope that's helpful. 
for our book reviewer friends out there. And remember that if you have questions for us, like this one, you can email hereadsheredpodcast at gmail.com. That's hereadsheredpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send us a message on Instagram at hereadsheread. Good information. I'm still not convinced there's not an Illuminati. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just because that's more fun. So why don't you kick us off and share one of the first books that, um, well, I guess they're not in chronological order, but one of the books that you have purchased within the last three months for our quarterly book haul. Uh, I'm going to lead off with The Art and Practice of Military Strategy by the National Defense University from 1984. Just kidding, but I really am excited about it. You're not kidding, though. No, I'm I'm kidding. This was a bonus. So it's like uh, the National Defense University is like a collection of academics from the military that puts this out and it's from the 80s so it's all soviet tactics during cold war stuff so i'm actually excited not only to have it on my shelf but to read it that one's not the real one um so the first one i'll talk about is historical fiction it's gods and generals by jeff shara so when we were discussing like historical fiction genres um and narrowing stuff down for when we were on ann bogle's podcast i went with the gates of fire book by stephen pressfield a close second for my favorite historical fiction is The Killer Angels by Michael Shara, which was a Pulitzer Prize winner for fiction in the 70s. And it is a Civil War historical fiction book that covers Gettysburg. So that's been turned into a movie. Uh, Gettysburg is, I think, came out in the 90s, and it's really good. You've never seen it, have you? Nope. We're going to have the same conversation <laughs> we had about Tombstone. Okay, cool. Um, so Jeff Shara is his son because uh, Michael passed away. And he continued uh, the series, writing a prequel and a sequel to The Killer Angels. And then, so this one is Gods and Generals, and it's the prequel. So it's the 1861-2 era prior to Gettysburg from a historical fiction perspective. So he's a good author. Um, Killer Angels is one of the more well-known Civil War fiction books. So it's on the list. Is this one that you picked up at the huge library book sale? Yes. Most of these are... Most of them, yes. Um, If it's not, I'll highlight so we can support some of our local bookstores. I'm going to share two right away because they're from the same source. I feel like I did that too, so you're you're fine. So um, these are two books that I received for my birthday from our good friends, Richard and Britt, who you might all remember from our If Beale Street Could Talk episode. So the first one is James Baldwin, The Last Interview and Other Conversations. So this is a really cool collection of interviews. So I'm just really um, intrigued by this. It's a nice, like, short little volume. And it's part of a se- like a whole series of last interviews with a whole bunch of different famous people. And I'll have to post a picture of the cover because it's just a really cool illustration. So James Baldwin, The Last Interview. And um, she picked out Talent by Juliet Lapidus. Um, And this is like a mystery campus kind of like comedy it's described as. So it's just a stunning cover. Um, Again, I really like the length of it. It's around 200 pages. So yeah, it's about a graduate student in English, which I can definitely relate to. I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. So that's as much as I'll say. But of course, we link all of these in the show notes. So if a college related, grad school related campus novel, plus a mystery element sounds fun to you with a little bit of humor thrown in, this might be one to pick up. Um, So 
on the same Civil War track. See, I went with that one. Oh, there you go. Now you'll see the way that I could have gone uh-huh. with the next one. So this is nonfiction, actually, and it's Our Man in Charleston by Christopher Dickey. So this is about a British secret agent that was in the Civil War South in Charleston, South Carolina. Ooh. So he apparently arrived in Charleston in the British consulate in the 1850s, and he was part of British intelligence. And then after secession and the war started... He stayed in Charleston and was kind of a go-between between the Confederacy and Great Britain. And that's all the intrigue I need. So, um, Okay, look, all you need is Civil War, and then you'll pick it up. Yeah. Well, it's got the interesting components of it, because England really didn't stand for slavery, but they also needed a lot of the cotton. So it's the back and forth of how he tried to influence all of that stuff. And deckled edges. Ugh. Yuck. Bookworm pet peeves. (laughs) Gross. Um, And this uh, author is a foreign editor of the Daily Beast, based in France. And he was also the Paris bureau chief and Middle East editor for Newsweek. So it goes along my vein of liking books written by journalists. Number two for you. Okay. The next one on my book stack is Felicity by Mary Oliver, which is a collection of poems. And if... It's it's not the lady with the curly hair. Huh? Who's the lady with the curly hair? Felicity from the 90s. Oh, yeah, no, not Not, that Felicity. Not Not related. Um, (laughs) That took me a while. So April is National Poetry Month. And I've been trying to pick up more poetry collections in order to enjoy reading some poetry. And Mary Oliver is one of the best poets to read if you think you don't like poems or if you really love poetry. Either way, she's kind of a crowd pleaser. Her poems are really accessible and simple and really, really poignant. Um, She uses a lot of nature imagery, so if that's your thing, they're really lovely poems to read any time of the year and feel sort of connected to nature and your own soul and spirituality. So um, Felicity is a collection of love poems and they're varying lengths, but it's a really, really, again, beautiful cover and collection so see i would see poems on the cover and immediately turn away (laughs) no i've been picking up more poetry collections lately but yeah i think i'm realizing a pretty big theme with books that i buy is that they are pretty yeah like if i'm gonna keep them on my shelf i really like them to be pretty so mary oliver if you've never read anything by her definitely um look up a couple online and if you like it check a book out from the library or pick one up Next one for me is more nonfiction. So the vein that I could have gone in is that this one is a Pulitzer winner. Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't. You didn't even care about that, did you? No. It's fine. Right. I mean, I enjoy listening to you talk about all of them, so I don't care I, how you and like order how them. Con- how I make connections in yeah. my brain. Um, so this is The Return by Hisham Matar. Uh, and like I said, winner of the Pulitzer Prize for nonfiction. It's subtitled Fathers, Sons, and the Land in Between. So when he was 19 years old, um, Hisham was a university student in England, but his family is originally from Libya, and his father was a vocal opponent of Gaddafi, and then he gets kidnapped, the father does, and taken back to a prison in Libya, and Hisham doesn't see him again. So then when he, it's 22 years later, after Gaddafi 
is fallen and the uprising happens, Arab Spring, Libya, all that stuff. So he returns with his mother and his wife to Libya in search of the truth behind his father's disappearance. So this book details kind of the kidnapping, how he was when he was in university and dealing with the initial response, and then dealing with Libya when they were having their uprising, ousting Gaddafi, and then trying to figure out what happened to his father. It sounds good. It's slim. Mm-hmm. So meaning I'm inclined to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I found um, that at Commonplace Books. So I like one thing that they do is they stamp their logo on the inside. So that's always nice to look at. One thing I also love about Commonplace is the way that they organize the store. Yes. It's not really by genre. It's more like by topic. Mm-hmm. So they have like a section for, it's like intellectual. Act- activist. Active, yeah, activist, um, history. They're organized in a unique way. And so that makes it really fun finding books in that store. Mm-hmm. Surprise, I only go for the intellectual and the history ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's next for you? My next selection is Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. This is some instructions on writing and life. And I've never read Anne Lamott before, but she's quite well known and has a lot of books out sort of in the frame of like spirituality and self-help I think some of her books are like but um also just real life and sort of the simple daily things so this is a guide I mean kind of akin to on writing by Stephen King in Mm -hmm. the sense that she injects writing tips along with some of her own personal life stories in here So I'm really excited to read it because I've been getting more into writing, like creative writing lately, especially now that my grad school stuff is wrapping up. I've sort of got the creative energy to put towards writing, so I'm excited to read this. I think I'll like the memoir aspect, but I think I'm really going to get some good tips from it. So that is Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. All right, more nonfiction. Surprise. More deckled edges. I know. That's weird. Two of the four so far have had declarations. There's another one right there. (laughs) I swear I didn't try to do that. (laughs) Um, But now I'm going to for the rest of the time we do with this. (laughs) Um, So this one's called The Best Game Ever Played um, by Mark Bowden. So this is sports nonfiction um, by the author of Black Hawk Down, Killing Pablo. So he does a lot of historical investigations and stuff like that so this is about the nfl championship game in 1958 which has been known as the best game ever played it's kind of the first game that was widely televised and was kind of the precursor to the super bowl like we think of the super bowl as this big event that like tens of millions of people watch every year it wasn't always like that so this was the first game that really captured the attention of a wide national audience and it was a good game to boot it was the number one offense versus the number one defense and i think they finished it under the lights because it went into overtime not the only sports nonfiction i have in my list just for, oh really just for a little tease <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned stay tuned y'all <laughs> okay um the next book that i have i'm very excited about this one it's the air affair by jasper ford this is the first in a series air or h-e-i-r air like jane air oh, e-y-r-e <laughs> <laughs> 
So the main character is Thursday Next, who is described as part Bridget Jones, part Nancy Drew, and part Dirty Harry. Okay. And that makes me excited. So the setting is Great Britain in the 1980s, and it's like a surreal version. So um, we've got cloning, time travel, and the ability of people to get, like, they get lost or sucked into poetry and novels and works of literature. So there's this special detective force or a special operative unit in literary detection. So they're in charge of handling some of the crazy things that happen with people falling into literature. Jane Eyre is plucked out of the famous novel and someone starts kidnapping other characters from works of literature. So Thursday next, um, Thursday has to track down the villain and go into the novels herself in order to figure out what's happening and avert a heinous act of literary homicide. Heinous act of literary homicide. Yes. So it combines pretty much all of my favorite things. Um, humor and a British setting and classic literature and mystery and a spunky heroine. So I'm very excited to dig into this one, especially because I just read Jane Eyre for the fourth time recently. (laughs) So I feel like um, the Eyre affair is appropriate for me to... Well, you read Jane Eyre and then you were listening to the book um, where she sees ghosts. Yeah, I listened to My Plain Jane, um, which is a young adult novel. It's like a little spoof on Jane Eyre with some um, surreal elements. It's really cute. And the audio was great. So I'll link to that in the show notes. And speaking of audiobooks, we've been talking about Libro FM for a while, and it's a good way to support your local bookstores as well as keep some space off your shelves. Libro FM is an audiobook subscription service that lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite indie bookstores. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including new releases, current bestsellers, and recommendations from booksellers across the country. And you can select which independent bookstore to support. With Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the one. But you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out the recommendations and curated lists from the people who know audiobooks best, your local booksellers. Listeners of He Read, She Read podcast can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. That's three audiobook credits for the price of one. And get this, it's the same price as the other company. We've made the switch to Libro FM and hope you will too. Go to Libro FM, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter the promo code H-R-S-R or go through the link in our show notes. With each listen, take pride in knowing you're supporting local bookstores. Okay, my next one is The Boys in the Boat by Daniel James Brown. So this is a nonfiction sports book that I referenced earlier that covers the University of Washington crew team in the 1936 Olympics in Berlin. So this covers them growing up in the Depression, coming together to form the U.S. uh, national rowing team to go to Germany for the Olympics, and then the way that they narrowly beat out all these countries that were a lot bigger than them. And this was the Hitler Olympics, where he was trying to say, you know, Germany is flexing and doing everything they needed to do. And it ended up being that a lot of Americans ended up kicking their butts like Jesse Owens, and then these guys kept coming out of nowhere to win the gold medal for rowing. Um, Spectacularly reviewed, 4-4 on Goodreads, 4-8 on Amazon. It's been adapted for a feature film and then it was also a pbs documentary called the boys of 36 similar to unbroken 
in a lot of the same veins where people will put them together. Um, I don't know if any of these ended up serving in World War II like Louis Zamperini did, but I'm expecting that same type of mm-hmm. narrative of, you know, we're going up against these big German powers and trying to show them what America in the 1930s is all about. Um, this next one is Murder on the Red River by Marcy R. Rendon. Mm-hmm. I picked... Murder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I picked this up at Bone Shaker Books, which is a really tiny little bookstore in Minneapolis. And they sell mostly books from independent presses or books related to social justice. Marcy Rendon is a member of the White Earth Anishinaabe Nation. Murder on the Red River is her first novel, but she's written other works, and this book has been translated into German and Italian. I always think it's interesting when books are translated. And this takes place mostly in North Dakota. I just think it sounds really, really interesting. Kind of falls in line with um, Bluebird Bluebird by Attica Locke um, and a couple of the other mysteries that I've been picking up by authors who are not white. <laughs> so... Um, I'm excited to read this one and under 200 pages, which I like. So I think it'll be a quick read, but it looks really interesting. Nice. I'm excited about it. All right. Next one for me is Playing to the Edge by Michael Hayden. So I had read previously The Assault on Intelligence by him. Um, He's the former director of the NSA and the CIA. The Assault on Intelligence was his second book, which I normally don't like to read out of order, but I picked it up at a bookshop where that we were in and really wanted to support them and then found this one a couple months later. So this is more of his actual memoir going through his time at the CIA, transitioning to the NSA, going through the Bush administrations and the Obama timeline. Covers, you know, when they ramped up a lot of their assassination programs and during the Snowden era. So a lot of that is going to get covered. And... I kind of like how it's called Playing to the Edge, and then all of the writing is right up on the edge. Oh, it is a cool cover. You get that? I think that that's cool. You know, your covers are more artistic and all that, and then mine are very just... Flash, not very flashy. Not very flashy. It is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) The next one that I picked up, I believe I got this one from Commonplace, is Digital Minimalism. Choosing a Focused Life in a Noisy World by Cal Newport. He also wrote Deep Work, which is a favorite among a lot of the bloggers that I follow. And so digital minimalism is about applying the art of minimalism to your technology use. So he recommends a 30-day social media cleanse or hiatus where you completely don't touch your social media apps at all. And he recommends a lot of things like turning off notifications, maybe not even having the apps on your phone, only having the ability to check them on desktop and things like that. And then helping you figure out what the best balance is and what the best use is for your social media time. So I'm interested in reading this. Um, I'm also hesitant just because I do think there are a lot of benefits to social media as well. And a lot of what I do that's work-related also has to do with social media. So, um, I don't know. I'm interested in reading this. There, I've seen really good reviews of it so far. So, yeah, I think 
if anything, it'll be interesting. I might pick up some tips from it. Maybe I'll try a social media cleanse. We'll see. Uh, the next one that I'll talk about is only the second fiction that's on my list of 10. It's The Lost Man by Jane Harper. So we talked about Force of Nature, or I did, on uh, I think our bonus episode for Patreon for March. Wasn't the biggest fan, um, and that was the second book in her Aaron Falk trilogy, or I'm assuming it's going to be a trilogy. But Yeah, I think she'll keep going with that. Um, but he's a detective in Australia, and then this also takes place in Australia, but he does not feature in it. So Yeah, completely unrelated, standalone book. Family tale, there's two brothers that are meeting up in a remote location because their third brother is dead. So it takes place in Queensland, Australia. Um, they're all like three hours away from all of that. And from what I've heard, it gets back to kind of the what made the dry really good. So Yeah, I've heard really good things about it. That's one that we'll both read for sure. My next book is Memoir. This is Inheritance, a memoir of genealogy, paternity, and love by Danny Shapiro. And I'm super excited about this. I've heard really good reviews and high praise for it. I love memoir. So basically, Danny Shapiro submits her DNA for a genealogy Mm -hmm. test, as many people are doing now. And she finds out that her father, who is now deceased at the time of her taking that test, was not her biological father. And so all of a sudden, like this perfectly, what she thought was like just an innocent DNA test to see what would happen, reveals this big truth about her life. And so she um, writes about her quest to figure out this story that she was never told. She grapples with her identity, like how much of your identity is DNA and genealogy versus how much of your identity is solely nurture. Um, And kind of exposes this thing that like all of these all this dna testing is available Mm -hmm. and things like this are gonna happen oh yeah more often well and especially because i I was reading that in the bookstore once when you were kind of wandering around and spoilers but the her biological father was a sperm donor and there was not Mm -hmm. any side of, of like relationship with her mother so a lot of those records and stuff that's not private Right. Like, the more and more that people are doing these 23andMe's and all of that and figuring out their genealogy, you're going to find a lot more of these situations where, you know, you have sperm donors or egg donors and all of that stuff. Then people are going to find out that that's really their biological parents, and then maybe they're going to want to find out, or maybe they won't. I don't know. It blows my mind. I'm really interested in sociology topics like this of like this is a thing that's happening and it's going to have widespread effects Mm -hmm. and so the fact that it's written in this memoir form and that she's also investigating something that could have a major effect on other people is Mm -hmm. really interesting to me so i'm really excited to read that one inheritance by danny shapiro so my next one is the jedbergs by colonel will irwin so this is nonfiction about allied special forces in France in the 1940s, specifically around 1944 in the D-Day invasion. So if anybody's seen Inglorious Bastards or knows about like the jumping in before D-Day, um, they were British Special Forces, US CIA precursors, OSS was the organization. 
So this book talks about the Allied invasion of Normandy and then subsequent operations in France in 1944. The composition of the Jedbergs were British Special Forces, American intelligence operatives from OSS, and then French resistance fighters. So they would go in in small teams, usually parachute, jump, and then either like blow up bridges or meet up with resistance fighters. So I've never really read anything about them. I know a little bit about their operations, broad strokes, but I'm interested to kind of delve deeper into it and see who these guys are. Um, and then I'm going to look up the name of this book, but every time we're in Commonplace, I see another book that catches my eye in reference to the Jedbergs, where a daughter is writing a memoir of her father who was in this organization and she never really knew about it hmm. but then when he was i think sick and about to pass they started talking about it i have a novel from emily st john mandel this one is a spellbinding novel of international crime false identities the depths and limits of family ties and the often confusing bonds of love and that's all i need to know but basically it's um it's kind of a crime thriller and it's a little bit classic noir but then it ends up being a lot deeper than that and it's got more like emotional depth to it than just a straight mystery which I really like so um, I'm excited to read this one I just really love her writing it's been a long time since I've read Station Eleven so it's not like I've got that in the back of my mind to compare it to but I think this book is going to be really different anyway so that is The Singer's Gun by Emily St. John Mandel. Uh, that book's called Dadland by Keggy Carew. We will have all of these titles in the show notes. Don't worry, everybody. Okay, my next to the last one is Franklin and Winston, an intimate portrait of an epic friendship by John Meacham. He was one of the eulogists at President H.W. Bush's wedding. Not wedding. Eulogist at... <laughs> you, eulogize, you eulogize somebody at a funeral. Slip. Would you? What would you? That's not a Freudian slip. Yeah, it is. Is that a Freudian slip? <laughs> yes. Nice. Not a great one. Well, <laughs> not a great one or a great one. It's funny. So I'm not going to think too hard about it. <laughs> <laughs> so this basically is going to cover the emotional connection between them. Um, there's like famous World War II pictures of the two of them together at all these conferences talking about the war. Okay, this is the last one on my pile because I shared two right away. <laughs> so my final book is Asada, an autobiography by Asada Shakur. This is a story of Asada Shakur and her involvement in the Black Panther movement as a leader, as a revolutionary. So it draws easy comparisons to the autobiography of Malcolm X, which is one of my favorite books. I've heard it's even better. So I'm really, really excited about it. It's supposed to be incredibly page-turning, um, but also just, like, history that doesn't get told. Like, I definitely never learned anything about the Black Panther movement, let alone Asada Shakur in school. And I'm really excited to read her autobiography. So, yeah, I've seen... Um, quite a few people posting reviews of this on bookstagram lately so that's part of what prompted me to pick it up but i'm also just interested in those read-alikes for the autobiography of malcolm x so 
My last one is Hero of the Empire by Candace Millard. So this talks about Winston Churchill in the Boer War, which was in South Africa in the 1890s, specifically 1899. So Churchill was 24. He had just lost his first election for parliament, but he still had this ambition that he was going to be the prime minister of Great Britain someday. So he gets into the army, goes down to South Africa, participates in this war, gets captured, has an escape, and this this book kind of covers that whole adventure. But then it makes the next leap where it talks about how his experiences there changed him throughout World War II and made him the leader that he was when Great Britain needed him. So kind of a comparison to Leadership in Turbulent Times by Doris Kearns Goodwin. Similar to Abraham Lincoln, where he lost his first election, got elected, or was selected to be the captain of a militia for a rebellion, and that's his only military experience, but kind of made comparisons and was something that he referred back to during the Civil War. So this is kind of Churchill's version of that, where he knew he wanted to do something big with his life, but he needed to get that experience and have an adventure. I feel like we should have a Recommendations of the Week jingle right there to transition. Recommendations of the Week. Thank you. You're welcome. So I'll go back to the book that you mentioned, the audiobook. I'll recommend that. (laughs) (laughs) So the audiobook that I recently finished is My Plain Jane, but it is part of a series, The Lady Janies. And it's by three different authors, they work together to write these books. They actually like literally sit together in a room and write and like each alternate chapters and stuff like that and then collaborate and like pass the laptop basically. So it's Cynthia Hand, Jody Meadows, and Brody Ashton. The audio narration for this series is excellent. The first one is My Lady Jane. Second one is My Plain Jane. And they are coming out with a third one eventually called My Calamity Jane. So... They take these famous Janes from history or literature. So the first one was about Lady Jane Grey. The second one is about Jane Eyre. And um, they inject like a little fantastical element into the story and a lot of sass um, and humor. And so like the My Lady Jane, the element that they injected was like people could transform into animals. And then My Plain Jane... The element that they added was ghosts and people who could see ghosts. And it's snarky and sassy and super fun. I think this is a good recommendation for people who love Lady Hardcastle. Yeah, I could see that. You listened to a few minutes of My Plain Jane with me Mm -hmm. and you were chuckling. So it's kind of that same, like the historical setting, but a modern humor. Yeah, I I feel like if you had read Jane Eyre, it would make more sense and you'd get a lot more of the subtle things. And I've never read Jane Eyre. So mm-hmm. I was a little lost in some of that stuff, just as a note. True. I think for the first one, you, like, because it's just about Lady Jane Grey, you don't need to know anything going in. It does help, I think, to know Jane Eyre for the second one. It's not necessary, but you probably will get more of the jokes. I would think so. Anyway, I highly recommend that series, yeah. especially if you need something to fill the Lady Hardcastle void. Are there that many references to burlap in actual Jane Eyre? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, there's a little bit. Okay. That's really what it comes to mind. Like, there's a lot of references to burlap. 
<laughs> What's your recommendation of the week? Okay, y'all. It's time to get a little serious. Oh, boy. I know. So when you were, what was that book that you just mentioned where it's like social media cleanse? Getting rid oh, of your... digital minimalism. So I'm doing an inadvertent social media cleanse because for the last week I've been heavily involved in a NFC North trash talking group on Facebook that I was invited to and then proceeded to do as I do and argue everything to death and always get the last word. Uh, I was on debate teams in high school and did all that stuff and just my mentality. And it wasn't very healthy. So today I got kicked out and that was probably for the best because <laughs> I probably took it too far. Well, okay. So you're a Packers fan. Yes. Huge. And you're very invested in football facts and statistics. Yes. The group was a lot of Bears fans. More than 75%. The people so, that invited me to it were Bears fans. Ultimately, they got sick of you and kicked you out. That's the conspiracy that I'm going with, yes. Sure. But it's probably for the best because I would always be needing to get the last word and put everything with all these sources and nobody really cares about that. It was sucking up a lot of your time. Yeah. And like you're recovering from surgery still, so you have the time. Yeah. But it's probably probably wasn't the most healthy use of your time. It was a nice outlet you for a little while. You could have been reading. It was a nice outlet for a little while. <laughs> but probably healthy that they kicked me off. So, yeah. you know, even if it's inadvertent or intentional, just spend a little bit less time on social media. We so appreciate everyone being understanding of us only having two episodes this month. Thanks for letting us take a little break. Um, I've been, just been finishing some grad school stuff and it's been good for us to prep for our upcoming move. So thank you. We want to thank everyone for subscribing and sharing He Read, She Read. We're so close to 50 reviews on iTunes. We have over 100 ratings, but the actual written reviews make a huge difference in our ability to reach listeners. We would so appreciate you taking the time to write us a quick note to accompany your rating on iTunes if you can. Our buddy read for this month is The Trial of Lizzie Borden by Kara Robertson, and that episode will air April 23rd, and that'll that'll be our second episode for the month of April. You can connect with us via social media or email. We're on Twitter and Instagram at HeReadSheRead, or you can email us HeReadSheReadPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show, and remember, the couple that reads together sits in suspended silence. No. I love S's and I love alliterations. Oh my goodness. I mean, I guess we sit in a lot of silence when we read.